Who would be a Wolves fan, eh? On goes Wolves. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a goal! Hi everyone, welcome to Wolves Fancast. Matt Guy here with Stu, George, and joined by Nate from Soccer Neophytes to talk you through the most convincing 1-0 defeat I think we've had in a long time. Convincing from our point of view, that is. Gentlemen, how are we this evening? Yeah, all good. All good. Not too bad. Not too bad. It's... uh... I don't. Know, I don't really know what to say other than like it's just it's just really wolvesy. I don't know if that's the <laughs> it, but it's like it's just. I had a, I had a message like a half time from like, a couple of my Albion mates uh, in the group, and it was just like you're going to lose this one nil. You know this, and I was like, yep. <laughs> it's just how. Mm. And once again, we found a way to lose a football match. It's uh, it's incredible, but yeah, there's a lot of positives to be sure. There is, there is a lot of positive. Stu, how are you feeling? Are your immediate post-match thoughts, just in summary, before we get into it? I mean, walking out the ground, I was kind of, I was happy. Well, not happy, happy, but I was pleased again. I think it was really, really good. I mean, you can't literally, other than score, you can't do anything else. Mm. Um, I know Kim's gone mental on a, on a, whatever she's smoking or drinking at that festival that she's at that moaning about when do we start moaning about losing one nil but you can't because it's great we just can't score when mm. I think I was more annoyed the fact that yet again there's been no Tetley's dog mild in the Emerald Club for the second week in a row they've had plenty of time and I know the Heineken strike and everything but to have no dark mild and then to lose war they lost they'd already lost that that was gone so then the John Smiths went and then when you then you thought, oh, okay, we'll go on the worthies. Then the worthies went. It was there for the Guinness, but the Guinness was good though, wasn't it? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I must admit. Nate, I understand you've had to suffer a pub full of United fans to watch this game. I mean, that's loyalty personified. How was it for you having to watch it with a load of United fans? It wasn't too bad. You know, here in the states, uh, I think we want people to follow Premier League, so they were they were pretty welcoming not too harsh on me. I mean, they won. So, uh, <laughs> would be interesting if the, she was on the other foot, but yeah, this is typically I have about 24 hours to process a match. Mm. So I'm a bit more like upset than I think I would normally be post match recording. But, um, I mean, I think that's an exciting brand of football. It's really it fun. To watch. So yeah. I'd much rather watch this than what we were watching last year. <laughs> I think so. And we're going we're to get into kind of the differences in the style as, as we talk about the performance. But there is some news um, to go over first. So those at the game will have seen that our latest edition, Huang He Chan um, from RB, RB Leipzig, um, has uh, made his appearance um, at Molyneux before the game came out to a rousing ovation uh, from the Molyneux faithful, um, known as the Bull which I'm sure will do him the world of good when it comes to our fans for his tenacious uh, style of play, really. It's pretty much exactly what 
Bruno will want out of a player, isn't it? Someone absolutely dogged, someone determined and, and a, just a bit of a nasty bastard, really. What yeah. do we think, George? Um, from what I've seen of him, um, and again, my knowledge of him was watching that Salzburg team in the Champions League a couple of seasons ago with him, mm-hmm. Haaland, Minamino. And I just thought all three of them were like, it was, it was incredible, wasn't it? And, you know, Minamino's come to the Premier League and I, on loan at Southampton, I actually thought he was good last season. What I saw of him, it's just he's just playing in a, a very good team and he can't get minutes and, you know, mm. No disgrace for him to be behind Salah, Jota, Firmino, Mane. Um, what I saw of Huang, I really liked it. He's very direct, very, like I say, quite bullish. And I think that with us playing this front foot style, he's got electric pace. Um, he moved, you know, he moved from Salzburg to Leipzig, which is pretty much like the Watford Udinese uh, collaboration, i.e., the money laundering going on. Um, Not linked in any way possible. No, exactly. Um, and with Leipzig being, you know, the team they are, I think he's behind like people like Yusuf Polson and Sabitza and all these sort of players. So he probably hasn't had the minutes he wanted last season. Mm. Um, I think it'll be, I generally think it's a really good signing for us because it's a different option. It's different to Raul completely and Fabio, completely different to what we've got. And I think that he will be dogged, like you say. I almost see similarities in him. Um, as sort of that pressing forward second striker, a bit like Okazaki yeah. was to Vardy when they won the league. That you know, someone who's just going to just harass and harry. And you know what, he might get 10 goals in 30 games, but he'll do a lot of off the ball leg work. Yeah. And that's where we'll probably see the best of him, I think. So mm. by having him here, it probably allows us to go to Large's 4 4 2, if I'm honest with you, because he'll drop in well. I was going to ask, Nate, I'd like to hear your opinion on this. You know, Raul is Raul and you're not going to be dropping him anytime soon. We're going to talk about him a little later on. What does this mean for Fabio Silva at the moment? So if we're going to be playing with a, with a single striker, that puts him essentially third in the pecking order. If we play with a front two, it's a bit of a different story. But, you know, is this actually the plan all along for, for Silva and that he was never meant to be at the forefront and getting as many minutes as he had? Do you think actually that this will allow just a bit of chance for Silva to kind of just develop uh, with the first team? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the challenge with Silva, right? Is I don't think we asked these questions if Raul didn't go down last year, right? Like mm-hmm. he would have just been progressing and maybe playing sporadically here and there, maybe playing more with U23. But with all the all of the playing time he got last year, it begs the question. And I would be curious, like even from his perspective, mm. how he view this, right? Like he got a, so much playing time last season and now coming in, trying to figure out where do I fit in this team when I played so much last year unexpectedly. So um, I think we all recognize that he can use some development. He's mm-hmm. bulked up a little bit. So I do want to yep. see him out there, um, but he doesn't need to be out there as much. And we want guys with, a lot of first time minutes under their belt. And so with Wayne yeah. coming in, I think that's a good, that provides that if we move to the four, four, two, which we'll get to transfers. I know later, which we probably, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much spot on to be honest. Stu, uh, you're a kind of international diplomat. How's your <laughs> South Korean? Uh, uh, I was that close to do- kind of doing some accent then, but thought, mm, shall, we, <laughs> shall we do this? Um, <laughs> 
I've, I've probably saw in the same meta, Jordan, them three or four games for uh, Salzburg in the Champions League a couple of years ago, and he was great. Like Jordan said, he was great. And he, he, even I can't find the time to watch the Austrian Premier Division, let's be honest. That's that's pushing it too far. Um, it was, although French football sticks there, so it's here and there. But yeah, like, like everyone's already mentioned, there's a different option that we haven't got. And mm-hmm. it's almost like stereotyping to say, oh, he's going to be doggy doing his... Well, um, he's going to be um, chasing balls down and stuff and harrying defenders because that's kind of what you expect with that South Korean team in 2002. But mm-hmm. that's exactly what he's like. Yeah, yeah. And it's not... It's, he ain't called the ball for no reason. It's not... It's not just one of them things. He's... That's literally what he is. And it, it, we haven't got anyone like that. So, again... Like we haven't got anyone like Kiefer Moore either. That's another thing. Um, but it's an option that we haven't got, so I don't see any kind of bad down point whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So moving on to the game, um, we won't really talk much about the starting lineup because it, it pretty much picks itself at the moment, um, give or take maybe one or two questions around which midfield pair you go to. So I'd really like to know just what your expectations going into the game were. Obviously, in the league... We've had about a million shots, but zero goals, zero points. Were you expecting a uh, a difficult game? Were you expecting Wolves to, uh, again, be another performance where it's on the front foot and, and exciting and we're going to be having chance after chance after chance? What were your expectations going in, George? I thought we were going to win. Like Honestly, like, Large has really give me in, like, installed all this confidence back in my football club again. Like, mm. they used to go, you know, when we first came up with Nuno, and this is what I can't get on with, like, the Nuno haters. Like, oh, it was always shit. It was always boring. It wasn't always boring. Like, we used to, like, go, you know, used to go up against anyone and think we're going to, you know, we're going to give them a game. And that's how I feel right now with this team. And unfortunately, we've come up, we've, we've lost three out of three in the league. Mm. Um, but I had no, I had no, no fear, no, no nothing. And I thought, how we started that game, I mean, we've made Man United look ordinary for 90 minutes, in my opinion. And, yeah, it's, um, I'm just really happy, honestly. Like, last the last 12 months of football under Nuno, I fucking hated even putting the TV on. Like, we are in lockdown, we couldn't go. But then, I didn't even want to watch us at times. <laughs> I watched just because I was on this podcast. Like, I generally, some of the games, I could have took, took it or leave, left it, literally. Whereas now I'm I'm excited. I'm like right Watford. Like I can't wait to watch this team again. And I yeah. think that we're gonna have a fantastic season. I know the start, and you look at look at it on paper. We've got no points. We scored no goals. I tell you what, if we played Arsenal tomorrow, who, who haven't scored, a goal, <laughs> we'd we'd batter them four or five. But there's yeah. a complete difference, you know. There's a lot of optimism there, and I think that. Um, I know I know Kim dropped a message in. I'm not going to sing that. Kim, but anyone that's sort of panicking at the moment, don't panic. Like, I think we're going to be absolutely fine. Yeah, I think so. Now, from your point of view, going into the game, what were your expectations? You know, Man United, no matter where you are on the planet, is and continue to be, you know, forced to be reckoned with. And they've spent really well, considering what Arsenal have spent and have come out with. What did you think going into the game? How, how was it going to pan out? Yeah, I think uh, I'll have to look back. I don't remember if I tweeted it or not, but when they announced the the referee or in mm. the bar, I I said I I think I tweeted we're gonna lose one nil and it'll <laughs> come down to those guys 
because the history <laughs> of Dean and Atwell for us is so bad. So mm. sure enough, we did. I, I think my official prediction was one, one. Cause I just, I think we're bound to score eventually, but um, I had a feeling it would come down to those guys and sure enough, <laughs> sure enough it did. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Atwell is a Villa fan. Isn't he? Is that right? Have I got it wrong? Isn't he, isn't he a Villa I'm fan? I'm not sure. I mean, can I don't know when it comes down to like when it's not the match refereeing, it comes down to the back room staff of officials if if they make any kind of adjustments because of fan I think, loyal, it's, like like I think it's like immediate rivals, isn't it? Like, mm. so I know that Mike Dean can man um, referee Liverpool and Everton technically, even though he's from the Wirral, he's going to have some sort of affinity. He's either going to be a yeah, red yeah, one yeah. or a down. Um, I'm sure that well might be a Villa fan. It, anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway. All I wanted to say is he's a cunt. Yeah. Oh, were you in positive club prior to the game did you think we were going to get something out of it as soon as luke put that we were four to one to win i put a five run it straight away because i thought there's no way we're going to lose this game they're not as good as they think they are they're on this massive record of winning well not losing away games when amazingly no one's been in grounds for 18 months so that's that's slightly skewed that they're going to admit to that and when you've got a, fa- a fan base taking cardboard cutouts of a player that's signed who's 36 years old and you think this is what we're up against here mm. i was fully com- i was fully confident I-, I thought well one day someone's going to get absolutely battered here the way we're playing and they're not that great they're not all that and we're again chances proved <laughs> that we could well, have done yeah exactly i mean I was oddly calm and relaxed about this because I just thought to myself, well, it's going to be a score draw and that's what will happen. And I'm pretty confident. And there was, I didn't think we'd get steamrolled or anything. And and I think that's the major difference for me is that this, this game last season, we'd have invited pressure from, from minute one. Um, whereas this game, obviously we've been on the front foot and we've attacked them and, and, and scared them essentially. But I suppose we'll get into that a little bit more. I want to talk about the amount of, chances again deja vu really groundhog day it's you know we are creating a lot of chances but it felt tonight or today that there was more clear-cut chances it wasn't down to just one Traore one-on-one and that was all that we had um let's talk about a few chances I mean Trinkau had, had a great opportunity um to score I think he put in a a, a better showing today as well um not saying he's played badly so far for us, but I think pe- people are a bit unsure. But I think people are a lot more on side with him now. Were there any chances that stood out for you guys where you thought on any other Sunday that that's a goal? There were a couple that um, I know we're going to we'll talk about Raul anyway. But there was one where Traore threaded him through, and he passed it back rather than having yeah. a go. And yeah. you think, oh, for fuck's sake! And I mean, I was. I've probably been one of the ones slagging him off more than anything about his end product and the Jody Craddock thing and whatever in jest. But uh, Troy Ray today was very good. He, he laid on two or three excellent chances. And again, that's not his fault that they can't put it away. <laughs> and in the Trinko one, when he fell over his own feet, when I mean, that was just outrageous. I, mean, I haven't seen it back. So I, 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 this is just going on memory, drunken memory. And But yeah, the, the Sace. <laughs> The double save from Sace looked ridiculous. Mm. I don't know how that happened. 
and you just think, are we cursed? As, as someone, as Barry Fry pissed in the corner of the pitch here or something. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's anything but score. And I'm, I'll be amazed to see what the XG was again for this because it was in the four point like <sighs> seven range. I'm oh, sure I'll, it was. I'll put it in the. I'll put it in earlier. I think. Um, I'm sure it was around kind of four point seven. I think it was two point zero five official. Well, say official. I think this might be over the three games. Yeah, it was over the three games. It's. it's, I mean, it's high again and much higher than the opposition. And I I guess it gets to the point where will Bruno allow the team to their heads to drop because you can only create so many chances without scoring before you think to yourself. We're doomed. Like we we can't finish. There's something there's something <laughs> clinically wrong here. Um, but like I said earlier, I think the I think the promising thing about tonight was there was there were more clear cut chances. It wasn't just kind of you know I think it was uh, six shots on target to United's three. There there were more opportunities and we created more avenues to score, which is which is promising surely. Yeah, and it, it was shared around the team as well. It won't just mm-hmm. they won't just fall into one player like you said with the earlier about. And Traore through on goal one on one, and the last couple where, like Matinho as well, when the ball fell, fell to Matinho, you think, oh, you've got to do better than blazing it over the bar again mm. for the second week in a row. But yeah, sharing it around is more encouraging for me than anything else. Yeah, I mean, it has to be a, it has to be a team effort. You can't, you know, and that's the I wouldn't say a luxury, but that's what you have to do because if you've got a striker, as we'll talk about, like Raul, who's who's not quite on form yet. The goals have to come from somewhere at some point, so it needs to be spread around the team. What did you make, Nate, of kind of some of some of our chances and and the fact that we're creating a little bit more in this game than we did say against Spurs or Leicester? Yeah, I think the my biggest concerns with the first two matches were that it seemed to be all on Treore, like he was mm. the only one making something happen. And if it's all on him, we know he's not going to finish. And even his crossing leaves a lot to be desired, and so. Um, today I was a lot more encouraged. Saiz, Raul, Latino, Traore. I mean, there was a lot of pe- Trincao. There's a lot of pe- different people involved, and the goals the goals are going to come. They have to come. I think we shouldn't be worried until we don't score against Watford, right? Like <laughs> that kind of is like we've played three top teams in the league and battered them, and so. You know Nuno doesn't give up a lot of goals, so there's that. Leicester's a great squad. Manchester United's a great squad. So um, if we don't if we don't put one in the net against Watford, then we can start being a little more nervous. But I I don't see that happening. Yeah, that, I think I think you're right there. I mean, from I. We're at risk of this being kind of a buzzword or a catchphrase. I'm not saying the season starts now or anything like that. (laughs) However, you look at the fixture list going forward up until December, and it makes a very pleasant reading if you're as positive as I think we should be based on those three performances. Um, George, from your point of view, were there any chances um, that stand out for you that literally made you throw something across the room because you were like, couldn't believe it didn't go in? There's probably 90 minutes worth. (laughs) <laughs> the one thing that again I know we're going to touch on Raul in a minute um, but he's shot in the, the first couple of minutes like it was all he had to do was square the ball to Trinko mm. like, and again like I've been 
you know, I, I didn't make the game today because I was held up at a festival thing. But um, yeah, like if it again a, a, a like a, a match sharp, relaxed Raul will just pass that across the goal and Trincao have a tap in and oh, you can see he's so like you know it's so hard. Like I'm so glad he's back, but you can see mm. that so much anxiety. Like he gets he, everything about his game is there. When he gets round the box, he's like. I've got to smack it. Oh, I just want to shoot. And there's nothing wrong mm. with that. But he's not looking for the... He's got blinkers on. Um, and again, that'll come with game time. And I think that we... we could, You know what? If we'd have been 3 up at half-time today, it wouldn't have been A, unwarranted, and B, like, undeserved. It was, we, we absolutely battered them. And like... Mm, we did. Such a Man United, you know. They've obviously... They've got... Ronaldo back, I know he wasn't there, but you know, they spent all this money on Sancho and um, Varane. And like, you can't tell me they're a better, like, one, you can't tell me they're a better team than us on the basis of today. Not for me, like, I just think they've got away with one and we cause some problems all game, mm. all game. So, in some ways, there was like some, it, was, it really was up to some brilliant, like, individual play. Juan Basaka made a couple of great, obviously, the, the goal, I think that was, uh, was that Trincao's yeah, shot? Trincano. That was that was a great play, but yeah, I think you're right. Other than that, it was like a couple individual brilliances, or else it could have been three, four, nothing. Mm. I think Sancho was really anonymous, really disappointing. Crap. Um, I I didn't know it was him until they they pulled him off and his name came on the board. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was him. Yeah. And honestly, as well, Fred, he wouldn't have looked out of place for the dog and duck on the Wolverhampton Sunday League. He's <laughs> shit. Like honestly, he's no, he's fifty million pound. He is right, and he's Brazilian, so they're meant to be able to play football. He's wank. Eggy Johnson would give him a game. Honestly, <laughs> Eggy Johnson Fred. I think it's an even matchup. I generally the do. Way, Treor, the the way Treore schooled him it was. I think it was within the first ten minutes. I mean, I think felt. I, I got to make a gif of it at some point because Fred like falls flat on his face. Treore <laughs> like speeds past him. It must just be like once once you're taken out the first time, the second time, the third time, you're shouldered off the ball. You as a player, you must just think to yourself, "Christ, mate, what am I meant to be doing here?" Because I'm I am not physically able to keep up or or, or, or shoulder this man off the ball. It must be ridiculous. Talking about um, talking about Raúl, is it a case that he just needs time? Or is it the case that there's more at play here and it's actually a confidence thing? Is it just match sharpness or is it confidence, Stu? We've had this before with him because even in pre-season, he, he, he didn't have a lack of confidence, did he? Mm. He looked like he was he was all over, it seems, and he looked like he was completely match fit. He looked sharp. He looked hungry. But this happened a couple of years ago as well, if you remember back when he, he went about three or four games at scoring. And he started snatching at things, and then you just need one to come off your ass or something, don't you? And and then you're back in the game again. And I think that really that is what the problem is with him. Hmm. But and you can see, kind of see that he's. Like, I think someone mentioned it earlier that if Fabio was putting in the performances in the first three games that Raúl has, everyone would be slating him because it's Raúl. It's like oh well, and there is going to come a time when if if this carries on for another say three or four games and he still hasn't scored and he's still looking this lethargic, then We've got options there to ask the question: hmm. Does he need to come out for a bit? But I don't think it'll come to that. I think he'll, he'll especially against. I mean, looking at how opened Watford look, 
like Nate said, I think it's I think it's prime time for him. Mm. He just needs it just needs one, but there is there is a cutoff point where you're gonna say, Yeah, come on now. Yeah. Nate, would you agree that it's the case that it just takes it only takes a minute, girl, as we say over here. It only takes one goal for us to uh, for Raul to be able to kind of uh, get his confidence back. Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to see that with the whole team. To be honest, like it come if you put that many shots on and no none go in, it starts giving you the tight sphincter syndrome, as we call it. Right, like you just they're all you could see them all start to press a little bit. Yeah. So, um. Raul, obviously, we're more sensitive to because of the injury last year, how much time he missed. And to be honest, he 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 almost was non-existent today. And so if we're if we're honest, like a couple of, of mm-hmm. shots, but but really not centri- centrally featured. So yeah, I hope I mean I hope so. I think he's a great striker. We all know that. He played well, fairly yeah. well in the preseason. And so I do think if he gets one in. Um, they'll they'll start coming. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right, George. I don't know how you saw it, but it felt very much for me with with, with Raul today that he suffered from the same affliction that Harry Kane did in in the World Cup a couple of years ago. In that he was kind of forced deeper and deeper and wider and wider just to to kind of get on the ball to feel comfortable with it, and because he wasn't receiving a lot kind of centrally. Uh, do you think it's just a case that he just need he, like Stu says, he just needs that? one golden opportunity he'll score no matter how it comes and then and then he'll be off to the races yeah it's um it's definitely a confidence thing i think and it's that getting the monkey off the back um as soon as you get one floodgates low but i think that'll happen the whole team we'll get Mm. one and we'll end up we've all said it we'll we'll end up winning games three four five and it Mm -hmm. won't be a shock it'll be a shock to the wider footballing community but everyone who's been watching wolves every every game this this year will not be this season, should I say, would not be surprised with it. Um, he's coming deeper and deeper, but I also think that you probably have to do that today, and you've got to think about it. Like you know, I know I've said Man United are a bit ordinary, but he's playing against mm, two world class centre halves today, really. Um, and you've got to come and drop off and try and get space. And I think it was just more so respecting who he's playing up against as well, because anything in the air, Maguire won everything. You know anything six seven foot off the air he's going to come and clean everything out and that was mm. happening so yeah i don't i don't i don't necessarily mind it i know then there's a, a call well you know you're a striker you should be sticking in and around the penalty box but for me I, I see it as a wider you know him coming in deeper allows troy all rain trinko to run in behind and it generates True. space behind yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it seemed to work okay for me but like i said i think you know myself i I said earlier that he was sort of in the game. He was pissing me off a little bit. He was just, I don't know what he was, he was just trying too hard. You can tell it. And mm. he just say, look, ultimately, look, just relax. I know it's easier said than done, but just relax. Trust yourself. And we know, you know, we know if we keep him fit all season, the way we're playing, he's guaranteed 20 goals a season in all comps for me in this format. Yeah, yeah. You know. yeah I think you're right. I think you're right, Stu. I just think that. <laughs> The formation at the minute isn't ideal for him either, because mm. you are playing with Trinkau and Traore inverted, so you're not getting crosses in the box, and they're supposed to in the system supposed to be coming from the wing backs. And Marcel, for however amazing he is now, isn't a wing back, mm. <laughs> and Samedo seems to 
he still seems to be stuck in kind of Nuno mode at times where he's com- constantly coming back on himself and laying it off rather than trying to take a man on, which he can clearly do because he, he did it a couple of times today. When that, that one, that, that through ball from Neves, which is exquisite, and it, when he and he went out for a corner in the end. But that was really the only chance he had around the mm. back. And you think, well, if we're playing with wing-backs, surely they should be doing this job of bombing forward a bit more. And I think if yeah. there were actually balls into the box for Raul to feed off rather than scraps and trying to have a, have a shot off the floor, then maybe he'd be getting in better positions. But I think we're kind of... We're a slave to the system in a way that the, the defence has three centre-backs for a reason at the minute. So you can't really do much about that. But yeah, I think... That's just something I'll put. I think, as we've all said, we're all kind of we've got that confidence in him. He just needs yeah. it in himself. Well, speaking of Marcel, almost as if we planned this ahead of time, um, I just do want to put a bit of respect on his name because I think we've all commented in the past about how his body's made of poppadons and that he's, you know, he's broken and he'll never last a full season. But you know, three league games in, um, and I think he's played really well and he's showed that experience that comes with a senior veteran um and i just think that you know he'll quietly go through the season putting in like commanding performances does anybody have any kind of thoughts on on marcel and and what he's provided to the team so far yeah solid Mm. i I think i still think he's more of a i'll I'll keep banging this drum i still think he's more of a left-centered center half than he's a wing back Hmm. I think he limits us a little bit in terms of how we like to play because he quite clearly has the George Ellicobis about him when he's 30 yards away from like the opposition goal. Like The, the end ball isn't there, but hmm. don't necessarily think that's his fault. And I think that with Troy Ray playing in front of him, it probably helps in a way, confidence that Troy Ray can just do what he wants to do a little bit and Marcel will mop up behind him. Um, but for me, I still think that there's a place for Aitnery in this team, in this system, yeah. 100%. Um, but then you're going to have to drop one of the back three. So, and I think we're, like Laj has said multiple times, he wants competition at every position. And mm. I think we're moving towards that, right? Where there's guys on the bench that we want on the pitch. <laughs> and whether it's Ryan Aitnery or Marzal or whoever it might be, we're getting some depth finally, right? And I think that's that's a good place to be. Yeah. I think with the fact that, you know, uh, Bolly was on the bench today, Mosquera is in training, and I think we are... I mean, the international break from that point of view has come at a fantastic time because it allows, you know... Uh, God, I'm not saying it's like a new signing, but it, 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 with, fit, with fit players, it, it gives us those options. So, you know, it's, it, that's a positive. And I think you're right, Jordan, that... I think offensively we can do better than than Marcel, but from what he offers defensively, I think you know he's very good, um, and I'm really glad to see he's had a sustained run of games without without injuring himself. Um, <laughs> obviously, we need to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, another game, another odd refereeing decision that pretty much has has cost us points. Um, you, you've, you have to say. I know in live time, um, George, you, I don't, you said it, you didn't think it was a foul, but then looking back, um, obviously, I think we're pretty much all in agreement that it was. Stu, um, you said something that shocked me to my very core in the group chat, and actually VAR was wrong today, which surprised me. Talk me through your your reasoning. Well, until I left, until I got in the car on the way back, I thought, well, 
it's just Wolves fans moaning about something for no reason. I think I thought, oh well, it's a fifty-fifty. They've both hit the ball at the same time. It's just fell that way, and then Neves has stumbled and fell down. But getting back in the car, and then the images coming out, and the, that replay. I cannot see how on earth anyone with half a brain. I mean, when, when you when Graham Souness is the voice of reason, and we all know he hates Pogba anyway, <laughs> but this time. I don't. I don't understand. As I, I was, I just don't get it. I mean, obviously, the, the the main thing is. I mean, it's been a year where conspiracy theorists have been right about a lot of things, and they are and the Premier League being bent as fuck, and giving Man United and Liverpool ridiculous decisions for no reason. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because how on earth you can see that on a replay, on a fourth replay, slowed down. They had all the time in the world. The ball was in the net. That's the whole point of VAR. I don't actually blame blame Modine. He was almost, he was probably too close to me to see, mm. really, because he's looking the the because you look at where he was he was positioned. He was almost on top of him, and the ball's gone away. And Neves didn't go down straight away, which is probably to his detriment in a way. Mm. Um, if it was roles reversal, Pogba would be fucking rolling. It'd be in Will Ramson baths by now. <laughs> But I, mean, I think it's just a case yeah. of you, you've got the cameras, you've got four different camera angles, and you've got the definitive one there that shows Neves' his shin pad moving around the side of his leg. That's a foul. And if you can't do that, then you should be struck off. Simple as that. He's not mm. done his job properly, and we've lost the game for him. Well, yeah. George, I mean, you said um, earlier that they've, they've referred to VAR, but they've not deemed it then as a clear and obvious error. So then they've not told Mike Dean to review it, essentially. Yeah, is this then uh, you know still a teething period in in the getting in you know in the change of rules? Um, you know, is this an interpretation issue then? I just think it's an incompetence issue. So like when I text yeah. in the group, obviously, like I say, I was watching it from home. So the group chat, everyone saying, "Oh, they're not even reviewed it," and I've text back saying they've mm. reviewed it. It was fine. So all all the showed on Sky Sports, and again, I'm not sure. Um, what you know on the US coverage how much was shown of it, but literally Sky Sports was um, showed it back in real time. The ball going in the back of the net, and there was set, and you saw the ball move in real time. It didn't look too much. It didn't look much wrong with it. It was like, and I, I was going, yeah, lads, it was fine. And then five ten minutes later, when they start showing the slow downs and the stuff, it's one of those things. I think that these tackles always look worse slowed down. Yeah, and I'm still on the, under the impression that. It's not clear and obvious. However, like Shu's just pointing out there, the ball's hit the back of the net. There's no need to rush it. Um, do I necessarily think it was clear and obvious enough for them to overturn it? It's taken me about six, seven replays to go, you know what, that's really bad. A lot worse than I originally thought. So mm. I don't necessarily I don't necessarily think and okay, Miss Stu, Mike Dean's getting slick stick for it. It isn't his fault. It's all happened so quickly in front of him. It's just you know what, what you know. I'm not blaming him. I think VAR should have done a lot better with that. And we've already said Atwell was on there. I've already called him a cunt, so I'll call him a cunt again. Um, and you know, you knew they're never going to look at it. However, the thing that really like pisses me off, or has pissed me off about the whole situation, rather than the tackle, I don't think Pog was gone in there with any malice. I think it's just a slightly gone over the top of the ball. What's pissed me off the most about this whole scenario is. Bruno Fernandes was rolling around like a fanny in the first half. We're on the edge of their box. We've ended up stopping play and putting the mm. ball out. And that's happened there 
And literally, they've just carried on. And the, don't get me wrong, Man United have got every right to do so. I just think this just comes down to Wolves as a team. And I think we're too nice. I generally just think we're too nice. And we've been done by the dark arts in three games in a row, really. You know, well, maybe not so much Leicester, but the Tottenham one, Ali. It, I think it was a penalty, but it was gamesmanship. He knew what he was doing. And we've got done with it again. We're just too nice. Like, mm, need potentially. Characters. I do think I do think that, we you know, at the whole situation, that's what's pissed me off the most, is that, you know, it shows you. Like, we, we've put the ball out and tried to be friendly about it. And Man United, uh, Man United, they've gone on and they've just been clinical and put it away. And... Mm. That whole—that's what annoys me the most about the scenario. I think. Yeah, I think what is difficult for me to to take really is that I mean, Nate, I don't know if you saw the the challenge that um, Xhaka got sent off for for, uh, for Arsenal yesterday. There's more danger for the man in in the tackle on Neves today than there was yesterday on that. There's more, you know, if if Neves's foot was planted, that's a broken leg, and and yet we can't agree that it's even a foul, let alone a, a sending off. Yet in yesterday's game. Yes, he was two-footed, he was off the floor, but literally next to no contact was made and the man sent off. Still a consistency uh, issue there, isn't there? Yeah, I think so. But, like, to me, I think I think over time, and maybe I'm wrong, I haven't been following Premier League long enough, I think the new, the, kind of the new rules where they're allowing us, allowing a bit more physicality, mm-hmm. I, think that'll, I think that'll work to our advantage in the long run. You know these runs. Traore does it all the time, right? He gets he gets pounded every weekend, week out, and he just keeps running, keeps running. Uh, Saw that with Trincao a couple times. Semedo, I think even Neves. I think Stu, you made that point, right? If 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 Neves goes down immediately, maybe there's a bit more made about it. But um, and I actually think that's what hurts him in the end. Why they don't go to VAR is because it did look like he did look like he flopped. You know, and so, um, but I think in the long run, playing aggressively, playing through the ball, playing through contact, will will work to our advantage. So, especially because yeah, I mean, they're not calling they're not calling the fouls as um, cheaply as they have in the past. Yeah, I think we all want to see the game um, played with a bit more fluidity and not stopping every two seconds for niggly little fouls. But at the same time, I think the referee here or at least the VAR coordinator has an obligation to look at that and, and look at it. That's the technology is there to look at it and be better than the referee's view and be better than the referee's decision. Cause the technology is there and it's not been used how it should. Um, and that's, so that's a failing. It's gotta be a failing. And I'd love to know, you know, you know, if match of the day two is on tonight, what they make of it or, 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 list, or more professionals in the game, what they, what they make of it. I mean, looking looking on Twitter, every single person has said it's a foul. Everyone, mm. and I don't even think. I mean, you're talking the last 15 years. That's a foul any season, regardless of rule tightening of there yeah, being less hands off, less, less hands on, and any any era other than the 70s that is a sending off fence, and it's a yeah, it's yeah. a foul and a red card. You can't move someone's shin pad around the the, the side of their leg and get away with that just because he didn't go to the floor it's still ascending off mm-hmm. and we had the thing yesterday with um the the chelsea sending off which was the VAR was showed as a, as a freeze frame he didn't even see it in real time and you think well hang on a minute yeah the 
for that one, they got the right result anyway, so it didn't really matter. But point still stands. They're supposed to watch these things in real time mm-hmm. and then watch one replay. That's what they said at the start of the season. And uh, Neves has come out tonight and said, we all talk about these things with them at the start of the season, but what's the point? And when you get things like this happening, like George said, it took two or three replays, but that's the point of VAR. You have yeah. two or three replays. It was only on the final one where you see his, his shin pad move around his leg. But as soon as you see that, ref, look at the screen. This is a red card. That's all you have to do. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think you're right. Um, before we go to the break, um, are there any other performances that you want to talk about um, in the game? For me, Neves was slightly infuriating that he'd have a moment of an errant pass, but then he'd win the ball back with a great tackle and then he'd ping an absolute beauty up the pitch. Strange, a strange game for Neves. I think, I'm not saying the occasion got to him or anything like that, but he looked angry today. He looked annoyed. And this was before the the, the challenge on him in the first place. Obviously, Neves has been in the news about uh, in the same way that Traore has as, as a potential um, suitor for United, oddly enough. What did you make of Neves' performance, Surgeons? I said last week, I everyone was saying how great he looked last week, and he did have some great passes, but he started off with a few errant passes last week too. And I get I get that he he pings off some beauties, but that has been what I've noticed with him is a couple errant passes. And obviously no one can be perfect, but it does seem like a bit for all the beauty, all the beauty. I don't want to take that away from him. There do there does seem to be a few too many errant passes. Hmm. It's almost almost like he's like you said, it was almost like he was overhyped. And like, because of how fast we start all the time, yeah. it was almost like he, he was trying too hard. And I think Matinho today was very steady and very composed, which it's normally the other way around. Um I think do we have to we have to really mention, don't we? I think as I saw on the whole, I mean there was a couple of times there when we would have lost goals last season with Ruin because he yeah. wouldn't be on the on the corner of his penalty area or coming yeah, out for headers. Right. Mm-hmm. But he's got to do better with the goal. The goal's his fault. <laughs> it's gone straight through him. <laughs> and that's that's me loving him for four years. And I said when we saw him, he said he'll drop a bollock every now and again just because of his style and how he goes for things. It's gone through him. <laughs> mm. Even though it should have been short off anyway because it was a red card. Um, they land a foul. He should do better with that shot. Yeah, George... Any any other performances from you that stand out that you want to mention before we go to the break? Um, I thought Trincao was very good. I thought he was picking up more dangerous positions in between the lines. and just I like players like that. You can tell, clever. That's all, like, very clever player. Reminds me a bit of Pedence. Um, I really, really like what I saw of him today. Um, again, I have to apologise like I did last time I was on the podcast. I'm converted with Max Kilman. I thought it was crap. Well, didn't, crap's wrong. I, I didn't think it was good enough probably for where we were aiming to be as a football club, but I thought it was brilliant again today. And mm. I'm even like, even seeing a bit of passion when we scored that goal at Forest on the video. I'm like, you know what? He's got a personality as well, the lad. Here we go. Like I'm actually like... <laughs> I'm literally... <laughs> And I built it into KKC, KKK, KKK, not doing that. <laughs> um, I'm fully part. I'm I'm an honorary member and opening up for any applicants. So anyone who wants to join the KKC, get in touch with the fancast. There's a t-shirt there somewhere. 
Um, listen, I just want to end on on the game. Like I tweeted out earlier, I think don't let the results and don't let the um, the fact that we've got no points on the board take away from the fact that it is, this was an improved performance over Spurs. And 99 times out of 100, we score in that game. The the forces that be deemed that we did not, the footballing gods deemed that we did not. And if you look at the fixture list now going all the way up to December, really, it, it's mouthwatering the potential of actually what we'll do. And we will put a team to the sword and we will put four or five past a team. So don't be too disheartened. Don't let that mob down the road or any of the Man United fans at work because there are bloody loads of them who won't have gone to the game. Don't let them put you off, Wolves fans. This team and Bruno and Bruno Ball, it's going to be something magical. Um, it's just going to need to click in one game and some poor team like Norwich or Watford or, <laughs> so, are going to be the recipients of it and then it'll be a much, much different... Um, much, much different podcast we record. But you know what? Go to the... I was going to say, you know, some poor team who've had a history of conceding nine goals in the last two seasons. Yes. Not too yes. far away. Exactly. It's not at all, mate. It's not at all. Um, after the break, we're going to talk uh, about the transfer window and uh, we're going to do Twitter Corner. So stick around. Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action, of course, a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now, they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, WolvesFancast.com, please go check it out. But they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding. There's basically nothing they can't do marketing-wise, so make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and I'll let you get back to enjoying the show. Welcome back to Wolves Fancast. Uh, so, the transfer window is soon to slam shut, um, as it's always so dramatic, slam, kabam. And, um, you know, we are less than 48 hours away from that now, I believe. I think we can all agree the spine of the team still probably needs a few additions just to shore it up for the season, a centre-back, a centre-mid. Now we've got Huang come in, that, that shores us up at the front of the pitch. From your guys' point of view, what's more important now at this point, a centre-back or a centre-midfielder? With Bolly back in training, Mascara, and are we going to mention this now? Agreed according to Canal Plus. Coletta Char, Coletta Char, however you're going to say, mm. uh, 15 million euros. I know that's exactly what you don't say because you wanted me to say it first. Um, <laughs> if that if that comes through, then we've got, uh, like we said earlier, we need a big, we, we need to be nasty, and we've got a big nasty bastard at the back if he comes in. Mm-hmm. So, superb. That's what we want. And in the field, we need, we've never replaced Alf, have we? Hmm. Four years on. Alfred and Di, uh, always in our hearts, never been replaced. We ain't got anyone like that, so that's what we need more than anyone else. And I think we get them two sorted. I think we're pretty set. So that's mm. all we. That's all we're missing because we've got options everywhere else. Yeah, if we get something too good to turn down, I mean, you're still hoping that Botman's going to be done, but I, I can't see it really, not with the price. Um, but yeah, I think if this comes up through. 
even if it doesn't happen, midfield is the priority for me, even though Moutinho has started very well and I didn't think he had it in him anymore, especially in the Premier League. But yeah, midfield for me. George, for months now, and there's been reason, there's been ammo and, you know, the Hamburglar, he hasn't done much to kind of <laughs> help us in terms of keeping off his back and, you know, season ticket prices, WV1 bar, and let's not forget Wolves fans do love a moan in general. Um, if we get a centre midfielder in and or a centre back, it feels weird for me to say this. Is it been a good window? With the, you know, Trincao on loan, Ait Nori coming in permanently, Saar, Mosquera, Quang. And, you know, all of a sudden, we've we've actually done quite a lot of bolstering. This seems oddly positive, does it not? Our best window since we came up, like comfortably. Um, we've strengthened where we need to strengthen. And it's what we've been crying out for for about six transfer windows. Mm. And uh, surprise, surprise, with Nuno no longer having a salary. <laughs> and, and Jorge Mendes in Turin trying to get Ronaldo out and all this sort of stuff. Looks like we've been able to do our own transfer business. And mm-hmm. great. Like, if we, can carry, if we can keep distancing ourselves away from that. And, you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't deal with Mendes at all. Of course we should. We wouldn't have half the players we've got if it wasn't for him. We need to be, we need to be self-sufficient and start getting our own sort of types of players in. And we've probably passed up a load of good players in the past few windows because they weren't as part of Gestu, Gestatooth, whatever you call it. Gestufe, whatever. I've had a few <laughs> um, We... Um, yeah, I think it's good. I think we are a centre midfielder, sure. Um, I would, again, keep on that Salzburg-Leipzig um, route and go for Hedera, who's a defensive midfielder. Ooh. Again, from Salzburg, gone to Leipzig. That's the sort of player we want. A little bit of a shit house in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Energy. I know... I know we were linked with Idrissa Gay at one point. That's a million miles off. But that's the sort of type of player we need. Someone who's boxer box, energy, and can really help us. So I think we're probably one player, one midfield away from having an A-plus window for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Nate, from um, from your point of view now, obviously we're going into, from the, from, from the men's senior team, going into uh, an international break now. What will you be doing to kind of keep yourself, uh, keeping your football fix at bay? Is there any uh, kind of local teams to you that you'll be watching or any any football that you'll be watching while Wolves aren't, while, while Wolves aren't playing? Uh, I think there's some USA matches. So um, I think we've got some World Cup qualifying coming up soon. So uh, I actually haven't even looked at the window. So uh, was, that, was that sad for you when Otisawi left? Yes, I mean, the bright, the bright beacon, waving well, that you know USA flag as and, the, and a bald eagle on his shoulder. Uh, yes and no. Yes, it was sad that he left because I just want an American on our squad. When we were there was like a, a there's a hot minute where we were linked with Matthew uh, Hoppy, um, and I was I was hopeful that we might put bring him in, but but not not from what I've heard about the way he trains. And yeah. some of that stuff, you know, there were rumors of it last year with Nuno that he didn't like him, but I was kind of so skeptical on Nuno at that point. I didn't know what to believe, but since he transferred out, we've heard more of that. So I'd rather have guys who want to work hard and, and be there and then just an American, but yes, 
having an American on our team would be, would be great. But um, other than that, probably just take a little, take a little rest and wait for wolves to come back. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the next game for, for the men's senior team being um, Watford um, away, I believe, on the 11th of September. I should um, point out at this point, I believe um, Wolves women are playing at home on the Sunday, the 5th of September. They've got Forest um, at home. I hope for <laughs> Forest women's sake, they are not anywhere near as bad as the senior men's team because, Christ, they are in dire straits at the moment. Um, special shout out as well for, for the women's team who um, tonked. The, uh, that mob down the road 2-0 in the Black Country Derby to, um, to bump a crowd as well. So, um, you know, it's really good to see that they are getting good crowds and people are interested in, in the women's game and following the Women's Wolves team as well. So it's really good to see. And there's no better opportunity in an international break to, you know, to go see the team play and uh, show support to Wolves women. So what we're going to do is um, a little bit of Twitter corner um, to wrap things up um, and see what you guys want answering out there. So let's have a look, see, shall we? Uh, uh, Ben Smith, uh, is it bad that even though we've lost all three Wolves games 1-0, I'm enjoying how Wolves play. I'm pretty confident that the goals and wins are coming. I think that's pretty much a theme for all of us, isn't it, at the minute? Like, despite the fact that we are zero points on the board, it's much more enjoyable football, isn't it, than the dross that we were served up last season? Yeah. I think, well, you look at the... um... If you compare us to uh, to the uh, celebrity friends over on Arsenal fan TV, and then they've lost three games on the bounce, and you look at the mood set between them and us, and you'd think we were top of the league the way the way some people are feeling now. I mean, even me. I mean, I've, I've, I can't remember a time you lose three on the bounce and you come out the gra- come out the ground smiling, and then they have a ren- standing ovation at the end. It's mental, mm. but it's such a it's such a change and. It's almost like the medicine that we needed after after Nuno poisoning our minds. There you go. Um, <laughs> with that nonsense last year, that it doesn't really matter. And I think having the, the games that we've had, it's almost like been a gimme to yeah, this is how we're going to play. If we lose, we lose. But we, you can go to see the progress, and we've seen the progress already. And you can see what kind of team we are already. So it's not weird at all. No, no, I wouldn't say so. Um, Colin Baylor, Baylor um, wants to know, did Adama add even more muscles this year or is it just him? <laughs> shirts? George, the where, shirts where, are tight, where, aren't they? Where's, you know, bearing in mind the pro shirts are, as I experienced with Stu and the Emerald earlier, as tight as they come. Are they... <laughs> it does look fantastic on you, Stu, I will admit. Um, Adama, is he even more of a brute this year? Is he even more of a beast from a physicality point of view, do you think? I just think we've got to call out the biggest bullshit ever in our life is Adama Torres saying he doesn't do weights in the gym. <laughs> I know. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, don't do anything. Yeah, of course you don't. Of course you don't, mate. You don't just look like that, do you, randomly, unless you've been bit by a spider and your name's Peter Parker. <laughs> like, it just doesn't happen. They don't just grow overnight. Um He's just a beast, isn't he? Like, let's be honest about it. And I think that there's still people who want Troy Ray to be sold. I think Stu is maybe one of them. But I just think <laughs> you love him for his imperfections. He is what he is. Like, you know, it, I, I can't, you know, I, I, I've been frustrated with him. But you know what? It's like, oh, 
there he is again. Oh, <laughs> you know, I think it's one of those things, mate. Oh, yeah, look at him that head again, and he tripping over his own feet. Oh, but no, it's all in all seriousness. Like, um, back to the question, I suppose the short answer is yes. <laughs> I don't I just want him randomly sold. If we needed the money, then he'd be the obvious choice to go. And I didn't think what I was saying was it, it wouldn't affect us as massively as everyone thinks he would because his output is so poor. But I wouldn't just want to sell him because he is fun. It's just <laughs> I would say though, Stu, like the 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 moments of excitement that he brings to a game, I wonder if we wouldn't feel as excited leaving the a one nil loss if we didn't have that like elevated heart rate we get from him splitting two defenders and just kicking the ball and running past them, you know. So he does whether we're scoring or not, that's a you know, <laughs> product, but the excitement that he brings is is worth it for me well it, it was was he one of the reasons when we haven't even mentioned it how you're even on here <laughs> but, <laughs> 56 minutes in the you you chose on your podcast people go and check it out it is great you chose wolves because of nuno and Traore, pretty much yeah and i think raul i do for my personal life i do work a lot of work in mexico and so Raul, Traore, Nuno were some of the main reasons I I chose Wolves in the end. But yeah, I mean, I love I love Traore. Okay, one final um, one final question from um, Cage Fighting Pod, which uh, means Shiron. In celebration of Nick Cage's pig being released um, in the UK this week, who would win in a fight, Spider Pig or Babe from Pig from Pig in the City? <laughs> Babe, you reckon he's a yeah. little? He's only a little thing. Yeah, but he was a crafty bastard, wasn't he? Like how clever was he? He's like a sheepdog. You got to think about this. The spider pig had its flaws. I think Babe was a very clever pig, and I know they're meant to be intelligent creatures anyway, pigs. But Babe was special. Are we talking spider pig? Spider pig from The Simpsons or from Spider Verse? No, from from the Simpsons version with the with the combed hair. Oh well, then Babe, all day long. Nate, does Babe mean anything to you? Did that oh. make it over onto? I didn't know if that was uh, if that made it over. If it was just kind of like one of these quirky British. Hits. No, no, I don't. I don't know if I ever saw it, but I definitely know who it is. I, can I throw in the pigs from from Black Widow? Okay. All we, all we saw her do was put the pig to sleep, but you would imagine she could also program to do some other stuff too. Or not to sleep. I think she made the pig not breathe. Right, <laughs> it was a little <laughs> was it, was it, the pig to sleep. Was it Snatch where he feeds Bricktop feeds someone to the pigs? I suppose those those it's those pigs that are winning all day long. Surely that happens in Hannibal as well. Um, someone gets it when he gets Cordell. Stop Cordell, and then he push <laughs> he pushes him over the ba- over the barrier into the uh, into the pigs and they eat him. Great well, film. At least that's the one accent. You know, when I was slightly worried when we were going down the Huang chat, <laughs> it was that one. Anyway, so that's the end uh, of uh, tonight's episode. Hope you enjoy it. Please make sure that you're following us on Twitter and YouTube and our other social outlets. Um, really, really appreciate um, you spending the time listening to us. Um, Nate, thank you very much for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed uh, coming on the show for us uh, today. My pleasure. It's so great to be a part. You guys have helped. Uh shape my knowledge and understanding of of wolves over the last few years so i'm really grateful to be a part no thanks thanks for being with us george any parting words mate 
yeah, just wanted to um, a little mention as well, just to obviously today there was um, a random pause on the 44th minute for mm-hmm. a gentleman. I didn't know him. I believe his name was Biddle uh, and Bid. And I know that people like Steve Plant and Jason Guy were, were close to this guy. And yeah, obviously it appeared, you know, from what we what we see again, we don't know him. It t- took his life in the week. And I think that we here at the FanCast, um, you know, we do a lot of mental health podcasts and we're very much advocates of mental health and and speaking out and stuff. So I think, you know, again, I was on the TV, you could hear the round of applause. So I hope it gives a little bit of solace or comfort to his friends and family who would be suffering right now. And I guess to add an echo to that is, you know, being completely honest, myself and Matt are, are admins on Twitter, on the Twitter page for Wolves Fancast, amongst a few of us. And the DMs are always open. So if anyone mm. ever wants to drop a message, if you're feeling low or wherever it could be, you know, you know, we're more than happy, you know, please drop us a message. We're more than happy to, you know, speak and interact and engage with people. And I think it's just, you know, it's obviously a sad situation, but it's also a, a reminder to, you know, it's okay to not be okay and, and to, to reach out if you need any help. Yeah. Well said, mate. And I think, you know, there are, there are 30,000 people in a stadium all with one common goal and, and, I, and you know, the vast majority of people don't want to see other Wolves fans suffering. And, and that goes, you know, it's not just a Wolves fans thing. It's, it's an everybody thing. And there's, there's so much support out there for people. So, you know, it just takes reaching out to find some support sometimes. So, you know, please don't be, um, please don't be suffering in silence because, you know, there are people there that, that, that they're there to help. Um, Stu, you're not often one to lower the tone, but uh, do, you, do you have any parting words for us? Um, I was just going to kind of echo it because I um, I screen grabbed um, Planty's tweet about this and put it in the Hatherton Walls group. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people in there who, well, Jordan didn't know him, but knew the face. I'd seen him in pubs. He went to the uh, the Shanghai when we won the Asia, Asia Cup thing. He went with the Hatherton then. But again, it, it just kind of proves that it doesn't really matter if you know, if you know, know someone. There's so many people that you just know the faces of because you've been with them for God knows how many years. I mean, in my case, 20-odd years of going home and away. You get to know these people. And like you said, you do. even if you think, oh, well, I don't want to, it's not manly enough, I don't want to open up. Even me being an arsehole all, all the time on here and on Twitter. If anyone wants to say anything, just, just jump. I think the vast majority of people, if you want to talk to someone, we'll talk to you so i think if that's a lesson more than anything unless your name's at well then fuck off but um, <laughs> just talk we don't want this happening again yeah leave it there. yeah you're exactly right you're exactly right so uh for this uh, for this evening guys thank you very much for listening and um we hope that when we next get together on the post-match show it is being at the expense of watford and we give them an absolute spanking but for now take it easy <laughs> it would be a Wolves fan, eh? <laughs> <laughs>